0: Welcome to the City Light Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out online at citylightchurch.com. Today, we're starting a brand new series called Dangerous Prayers. All throughout the Bible, we see ordinary people believe and ask God for huge requests. If you're ready to see God work in your life, praying safe won't cut it. It's time to pray boldly, pray daringly, to pray with fire, Thank you for spending time with us today, and we hope you enjoy the message from the series Dangerous Prayers. Well, good morning City Light, how is everyone? You guys all doing good today? Well, welcome. We're so glad to see all of your faces today, and if you're joining us online, we just want to welcome you. Thank you for joining us online, and we're so excited for what God is doing online and in person here at City Light. Well, if I've never had a chance to meet you before, my name's Nicole. I'm Pastor Jason's wife, and I'm also one of the pastors here on staff And I'm just really excited to speak to you on the second week of Dangerous Prayers. Was anybody here last week for the first week, Dangerous Prayers? Uh, Pastor Jason spoke about how we can be bold in our prayers. And I'm so excited to just take that to the next level, to walk in a new prayer that I want to speak with all of you today. But before I get into that, like um, our weekly What's Up video said, we are all about helping everyone take a next step to in your relationship with God. And that's really what our 21 days of prayer here is at City Light and our prayer service during the month of August. We really, our hope is that you really just take that next step in deepening your walk with God. And whether that be joining us on Facebook or joining us live in prayer, or you can even, our whole series this month is is based around this book, Dangerous Prayers, by Pastor Craig Groeschel. Um, We can even post a link in the chat online if you want to purchase it, but you can get it from Amazon and kind of follow along, grow deeper in your life and your walk with God. And again, we just want to be here for you, offer anything to you to help you take that next step with God. Well, I know personally I love 21 Days of Prayer because I always, for some reason, have wonderful chats with my kids, and they always make great sermon illustrations. So... You know, this week, as we were kind of going into 21 Days of Prayer, even last week, we were really encouraging the kids to join along with us. We really want them to have their own relationship with God. You know, we tell them all the time, you know, mom and dad, yes, we're pastors. Mom and dad encourage you and actually help you have Jesus time every morning. But there's going to be a day that you have to decide to stay to spend time with Jesus by yourself. You're going to have to decide to make that relationship your own, not just mom and dad's relationship, but you. And you're going to come across that. And we just begin to have these conversations. And I tell them, you know, when I was 15, I gave my life to the Lord. And that's how I came to know God's love. And, you know, Pastor Jason will will share what his, his story is. But Again, we're just encouraging them. We know that there's going to be a day when they're going to make that decision, and we want them to be ready. But in the meantime, on their routine every morning is to spend time with Jesus. Now, this was kind of our way to kind of control screen time. Does anybody have any kids? And you're like, what am I going to do with screen time, TV time, iPad time, video game time? With the quarantine and then with summer, I feel like, It's like a never-ending. Mom, can I play on the iPad? Dad, can we play a video game? Mom, can I watch a show? Um, And so during this summer, I'm like, you know what? We're gonna make a special chart for you guys to do. You have to do these five things every morning to kind of get ready for your day. And one of them is you have to spend some time with Jesus. And now we're kind of using technology for our advantage. And we've downloaded the Right Now Media app And we put it on their iPads and there's a wonderful section. If you guys haven't uh, resourced or gotten that resource yet, it's actually free for all of you. You can go from our website to download it and you'll get a special code there so that you can access this program. But it's so great because there are so many devotionals. It's for adults and it's also for children. But for kids, they have a whole kids section. They have, you know, the, the classics Veggie Tales on there. But then they also have some other wonderful devotions that the kids can do. So we let the kids do their Jesus time. And as we're having these conversations with with our kids, my son, uh, I think it was like last Sunday, actually, right before we were about ready to get to church, he comes out of his room and he says, "Mom, I've decided that I'm going to follow Jesus on my own." so sweet I think he said this several times before but it's sweet in the moment and he's like and last night after you guys tucked me in I prayed and I prayed that God would take away all of my fears and you know what mom I felt his peace come into my heart and I had the best sleep ever Now I love it. I love that everyone, from children to adults, we all can take that next step. We all can grow closer. And that's kind of my prayer as we dive in today for week two of Dangerous Prayers. So the prayer that I want to cover, it's covered in the book, but it's actually found from Psalms 139. And this is a prayer that King David prayed. He actually prayed this or wrote this psalm Before he was king of Israel, you see, God had promised, I guess, yeah, promised him, kind of anointed him when he was a young boy that he would be the next king of Israel. But the crazy thing is, is he went years and years without ever seeing this promise happen. And he wrote this story or he wrote this psalm in the midst of that, seeing, knowing that he's got God's promise but not seeing anything in the natural. He kind of wrote this psalm in the midst of a storm that he was going through. And I find it so relevant because I feel like so many of us maybe are walking through that type of season too. We're going through a season, a storm season. Maybe God's promised you something but you can't see it yet. So I think it's so relevant, and I wanna put it up on the screen so that we can actually all read it together. Would you guys read this with me? It's from Psalms 139, 23, and 24. Search me, God, know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offense in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. It's such a good prayer. It's actually such a dangerous prayer because you're opening up your heart and you're saying, God, here I am, search what's inside. Now, anytime that I study scripture, I really like to look at the scripture verse in a different translation. And if you have the Holy Bible app on your phone, it's a great tool because you have access to every single translation there is. Some are great and some are, you know, you just have to find some ones that you really like, So I'll I'll read it in the NIV, and I'll read it in the Amplified, and I'll read it in the Christian Standard Bible. But there's one that I'm really enjoying um, during this season, and that's the Passion Translation. And so I just wanted to read that verse one more time in the Passion Translation. And it says this. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through Find out everything that might be hidden in me. Put me to the test. Sift through all my anxious cares and see if there is any path of pain that I'm walking on. Lead me back to your ways, your glorious everlasting ways and a path that brings me back to you. I love it. It just kind of gives you a, a, a deeper look like we're wanting to God to examine our hearts through and through. Now, for this year, for Mother's Day, you know, usually when your kids go to school, they make you some type of craft at school, right, for Mother's Day. And this year, our sweet teacher, she posted some project that my husband could do with my daughter for her Mother's Day card. And it's so cute. It's such a keepsake, and I definitely want to, like, laminate it so that it doesn't get damaged. But she made me this little flower pot. And in the middle it says, my mom is, and then she was supposed to pick six different things that she thinks mom is or that that she loves about mom. And, And she gives it to me Mother's Day and it was so sweet and I'm looking at it and she says, my mom is loving, my mom is silly, and she drew a picture of me with a huge smile saying, ha, 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 ha. My mom is pretty, my mom is fun, my mom is kind, and on that picture she has her with little tears and mommy giving her a hug. And then I came to the last one, and I wasn't really expecting this one because it doesn't quite go with all the rest of them. But she wrote this, my mom is sneaky. (laughs) And I'm like, honey, you think I'm sneaky? She's like, yes, mom, you are sneaky. And I'm like, what? Why do you think that I'm sneaky? And she's like, Mom, look at the picture. So the little picture she drew, she's like, that's you sneaking in the kitchen, sneaking your chocolate stash when none of us are around. <laughs> and I'm like, do you like the fact that Mommy sneaks chocolate? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, you like the fact that Mommy's a little sneaky? And she says, yeah, because I'm sneaky too. And it's so sweet, but I love it because, you know, I think we all have a little sneakiness in us, don't we? We all have that place in our hearts that maybe there's a little bit of sneakiness. Maybe there's some things that God wants to reveal in us. So as we look at this first part of this prayer, search me, God, and know my heart. There's four things that I really want to pick out, but the first one is this. And if you're taking notes, the first thing that we pray during, if we're praying this prayer, we're praying this dangerous prayer, is we pray that God would search my heart. Now, sometimes it's so much easier to look at everybody else's lives, to look at all the things they're doing, their sneakiness, their things that maybe they've got going on. And isn't it so much easier to look at everybody and say, oh, I know what you're doing wrong. Or I know what your flaw is. Oh, I can't believe you're doing that. Oh, I know your heart here. Do you guys find that ever? It's so much easier to look at everybody else's life and point that out. The hardest thing is to look at ourselves. The hardest thing is to really say, you know, to slow down and to say, you know what? What is actually in my heart in this moment. I think we all have those places that God wants to show us, but we have to be open and ready and willing to say, God, search my heart. And God wants to search our heart, but he really wants us to just acknowledge that there is that time that we need to do this. We need to say, God, examine me, examine me through and through. Figure out what's going on in me, God, because sometimes it's hidden from me. Sometimes I don't know the things that I do. Everybody else might be able to see it, but sometimes I'm not aware of it. When we do this, it's a vulnerable prayer to pray. Because it really opens our hearts up and it makes us be vulnerable before God. It makes us be vulnerable before people. And it's a dangerous prayer because maybe we all do really have some issues. Maybe we all do have some places that God wants to work. You know, I love what my husband always says. Maybe you guys can quote it. I don't know if you can quote it or not. but He says, if you don't think you have issues, you have issues. That, that's your issue. If you don't think you have issues, then that's your issue. And even Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things. It's extremely sick. Who can understand it fully and know its secret motives? There are things that are secret to us in our hearts. There are things that are in there that we are kind of blind to. Maybe we're, we're living busy lives. Maybe we're not taking the time to stop and slow down and examine our hearts. But there are things that are in there. And if we're bold enough to pray this dangerous prayer, Lord, search my heart, I know that he will reveal it to us. Now the next part of this dangerous par- uh, prayer is search me, God, know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts. So the second thing we need to pray in this prayer is God, reveal my fears. So first we ask him to start searching in our hearts and then we say, all right, what are you finding, God? Find out some of these fears that are hidden inside me. Lord, sift through all my anxious thoughts, sift through all my anxious cares. And I think we all can say that this year, 2020, it's been full of a lot of fears, hasn't it? We've been taken on a journey that can be full of anxious thoughts, full of worries. If you were to pray this right now, what would God speak to you on? What would he share that was in your heart? What are some of those anxious thoughts that you've been living in? Maybe you have a fear of losing your job, Losing your house, losing your possessions, losing the financial financial stability that you've had because of the craziness of this year. Maybe you have a fear of getting sick and catching COVID and it's a big deal and it's something that, you know, is, is always there. Maybe we have a fear of getting sick. Maybe we really have a fear of what could happen to us and what could happen to our loved ones during this time. Or maybe you have a fear. You never know what the government's going to say or do from day to day. Maybe you have a fear of what's going on with our country. What's going to happen in a couple months when there's the election? What's going to happen when things are, are out of our control? We can't control them, but yet we want something different. Maybe that's creating a huge fear in our life. Or maybe you're a parent and you're like, I have been homeschooling my kids, my kids have been away from their friends. What am I going to do with my kids? What if all of this will have some great effect on them? What if in the fall they don't go back to school? What if it is online learning? What if I do have to choose online or school and all the fears that can be wrapped up in that? What about our children? It's a big fear. And all of these, we might have been feeling all of them. So when we know that we should examine them, why? Why is it important? Why does it matter to examine our fears? Well, I found this one statement to be true in my journey with Christ. And maybe you guys can relate this morning. And it's this statement. What we fear most often reveals where we trust God the least. So if I asked you an important question today, what is that place that you fear the most? And could it be that in that place, it's a place where we trust God the least? You know, some of you might have known or have heard me preach about it before, but since October, I have been dealing with some chronic pain issues. I started developing pain in my back and my legs and my hips. And I've seen doctor after doctor and I've gone to physical therapist after physical therapist. And with all the treatments and all the things that they've done, they really haven't been able to alleviate any of my pain. So I've actually been walking through this year since October with pain in my hip and my back every single day. And it's been this big place in my life that I I really have identified some fears and I've really had to ask God to be with me and to help me. Now in July, they finally um, took an MRI of my hip. So they inject your hip with some contrast, they take an MRI of it and their goal is to see if that contrast leaks out of your hip joint, which it shouldn't. And so I went to the doctor a couple weeks later to find out the results, and he said, you know what, your, your hip labrum, which goes around your hip uh, joint socket, is completely torn. And you have bone spurs, which could be also leading to or causing some of the tear. And we can repair this, but you have to do hip surgery. So. I was kind of happy that I found out maybe hopefully praying that this is the cause and because because that was broken and damaged it caused my whole hips and my back to be out of line and so it caused a lot of problems which I would have thought were the problem but sometimes the problem's not the problem right so to dig deeper we found out that it's all from hopefully my my hip that's unstable and Two weeks ago, I made the decision, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this surgery and I'm praying that right afterwards I'll be healed and I'll recover and everything will be great and things will go back to normal. And now how many of you guys are like me if you have a surgery? You probably actually fall into two camps. You can either like think of all the bad things that go wrong during surgery or you start researching like the aftermath, like what's gonna happen, what does the recovery look like and all these things. Well, for me, I always say, okay, how can I plan and how can I make a plan for my plan? <laughs> how can I like make sure that I'm, I'm all set, I know everything about this surgery? And so, you know, I read some blogs on some people that have had this surgery done and, and then that's where like, I feel like some little things started creeping in and I started reading, well, it's, it's like four weeks on crutches um which means no work for a couple weeks and they said no climbing stairs the first week and the unfortunate thing is my bedroom's upstairs and my nice cozy bed's up there so i won't be able to climb upstairs for a week and they said no driving especially since it's on your right leg um, for a little while and and then it was the last one they got me they're like we recommend shower seats and toilet seats because it's going to be hard to squat down and take care of myself, and I'm going to have to have someone else assist me, and I thought I was doing fine with it until I got to bed that night, and I sat down, and I'm just, I just started like worrying, you know, and, and I start crying, and Jason's like, what's wrong, what's wrong, and then something came out, you know, sometimes in that moment, something comes out, and you didn't even realize that was the issue, but I said this, I said, after the surgery, I can't do anything for myself, and I'm going to have to depend on everybody else to help me. Now, maybe that's maybe not your issue, but it kind of reveals something about me, maybe something, a fear of mine that I'm dealing with. Now, if you, you may or may not know this about me, maybe because I am a little sneaky, you don't know this, but I'm actually very independent. I have been independent and self-sustaining since I was a little girl. Like if I wanted something, I did it. And if I needed to know something about it, I researched it. And I really depended on myself for a lot of things. And since I've been you know, an adult and I take care of other people, I see all the needs there's been this one thing that's been hard for me to truly examine, and it's something that God has had to work deep on, something that God has had to, I don't know, I don't even know if I'd be here if God would've healed me earlier, if I would have, if he would've been able to get this deep in my heart, because it's been a season, and I've had to depend on him so much during this season, and he's done some deep work, but it revealed something in me that I'm like, hmm, maybe I'm not trusting, maybe I have a fear of trusting people to help me. Maybe I have a hard time asking for my needs or even acknowledging that I have some. And when I was sitting there, you know, God was really speaking to me in that moment of saying, Nicole, it could be something even deeper. Maybe you're not trusting me. To take care of you. You see, what we fear the most can lead to where we trust God the least. Now, once we realize this fear, and hopefully it doesn't take you guys as long as it took me. I've been dealing with this for 10 months and I'm like starting to really dig in there. But once we've ex- examined our fears, once we've acknowledged them, once we've said, yes, this is it, what do we do next? What do we do with these fears? How do we let God's word truly minister to our hearts? And I love what 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And look what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. He said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Maybe you are so weary because you're so worried. And maybe you are so burdened Because you have so much baggage or so many things that God really wants to work on. You know, I found when I'm in this place and I've acknowledged what God is working in me, what he's pointed out, what he's examined my heart and found this, this fear. And I found that I have to speak it out. And I have to speak God's truth. So I'll say, God, here I am. Here's what I'm dealing with. I say these words out loud. Here's what I'm worried with today. Help me, give me rest from these anxious thoughts. Lord, please take these thoughts away in return. I pray for your power and your peace and your love. Don't give me a spirit of fear, Lord. Take that spirit away. Give me your your spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I cast all my cares on you. I cast all my worries on you. I know that you love me, Father. I know that you are a good, good Father and that you are trustworthy and that I can trust in you. Sometimes we really just need to speak that over us and it's not just like a one-time thing and I wish it was, that would be easier. But every day as we're coming across these fears and there are a lot of them out there this year, every day we have to go to God and say, God, this is what I'm fearful of today. Please help me. Please take away that anxious thoughts. And the fun thing is, the amazing thing is, is that as God reveals our fears, he grows our faith. Amen. And faith doesn't mean that we don't get afraid about anything. That's not what, that, what, that's not what faith means. Faith means is that we don't let those fears stop us from doing what God has called us to do. Faith is moving out beyond those fears, identifying them, and then walking through them to the other side. So as we pray this prayer, as we say, God, search my heart, look at these anxious thoughts, we do this next step, which is step three, and that is uncover my sins. The verse says, see if there is any offensive way in me. Now, as I said before, it's so much easier to point out everybody else's flaws than it is to look in our hearts. And I feel like sometimes the longer that we're Christians, the harder time we have pointing out or uncovering these sins in our life. You know what Jesus said, what he acknowledged in Matthew 7, 3 through 5, he said this. Why would you focus on the flaws of someone else? And yet fail to notice the glaring flaws of your own. How could you say to your friend, let me show you where you're wrong when you're guilty of even more? You're being hypocritical and a hypocrite. First acknowledge your own blind spots and deal with them and then you'll be capable of dealing with the blind spots of your friend. So you know when I first became a Christian it was it was really easy to identify those kind of sinful areas that I needed to get rid of. Maybe it's like the big, the Ten Commandments. We, we know what they are. We're getting rid of them. But again, the longer that we are Christians, the harder it is to identify what these offensive issues, what these sin issues are. Because they're deep. And sometimes they're really small. But it affects our entire life. Sometimes they're in the secret. Sometimes they're so sneaky that nobody knows about them. So it's harder for us every day to say, God, where are these issues in my life? What are these offenses in my life that I'm sinning against you? And so I just wanted to throw out these three questions and maybe just pray about them. Think about them this week. Because it's not anyone else's job to point out anybody else's flaws, but it's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life to reveal that for you as long as you're open, as long as you're saying, search me, God, know my anxious thoughts, see if there's any offensive way in me. And so the three questions to help us uncover these in our lives are these, and I just want to say them real quick. And the first one is, what are others trying to tell me? Have you had a couple people in your life say something to you and they've said, I've noticed this about you. Um, It might not be, you know, your, your best. It might not be what everybody else around you, you know, needs. Maybe we need a little bit more positivity from you or whatever it could be. But maybe a couple people have approached you on something that maybe you haven't taken the time to stop and say, oh, if other people see it, Maybe it's something that I should at least pray to God and ask him to reveal that in myself. The second one is what have I rationalized for some time now? How are you all coping with this year? How are you all walking out the fears from this year? Sometimes we cope and we deal with these things and we might think it's okay and sometimes they are, But if it starts hurting you, hurting your family, if it starts putting a reliance on something else other than God, it's something to recognize. It's something to notice. Hey, how am I coping in this season? Am I going towards something else rather than going towards God? And the last one is this one. It's where am I most defensive? You guys, have you guys ever been in like a conversation and someone says something and instantly you're like blood is boiling? And instantly you're like, I'm going to react, I'm going to react. They like hit something. Where are you most defensive? And could it be a place that God wants to work in your heart about? So those are just three questions. If you guys want screenshot it, think about it, pray about it. Because sometimes, again, these sin issues, these offensive issues in our life, they're not easy to find. And we really have to be intentional and praying this prayer, Lord, search me, examine my fears, uncover my sins so that I can, and that's where I want to go to our last point, is so that God can lead us. See if there's any offensive way in me And lead me in the way everlasting. Lead us. Remember that in the midst of uncovering those things that are in our hearts that maybe we're not so proud of or maybe that we need some help with, God's grace is there for you. And I love what Hebrews 4.16, it says, Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Grace, God's grace is so there for you, helping you. We might see all of this baggage and all of this hurt, but God's grace is there. In fact, he has never loved you more in this moment. And he will never love you more today than he did in your past or he does in your future. There is nothing that you can do to take his love away. Nothing. His grace is there for us. So in this last step, it's kind of like a declaration. God, lead us. It's a dangerous prayer because he's actually going to lead you if you ask him to. And this as a declaration is kind of really just saying, God, I submit my ways to your ways. God, not my will be done, but your will be done. Be done. Lord, even if I don't like this, I'm going to do it because I know that's what God's word says, and that's the best plan that you have for me. And it's really a prayer that says, Lead me, Lord God. I submit to your ways. I submit to what's in your word, and I submit to your truths and your promises over my life. Lead me, Lord. Less of me and more of you, God. You know, in this season, for the last 10 months, I've kind of found myself thinking, saying, Um, believing and maybe you can identify that I'm just surviving you know I'm I'm just surviving this season I'm just enduring this season I can't wait to be out of this season can't wait to be done with this season maybe you guys can relate there are times when we're in storms and we're walking through things And our mindset is on the other side of that storm. It's not in the storm at all. In fact, we don't want to dwell there. It's too negative. It's too much. But what if God has something for you in the midst of your storm? What if instead of enduring this season of crazy, and it's probably going to get crazier, what if instead of enduring this season, we say, God, I'm going to embrace this season, and I'm going to be open for you to use me however you would like. Even in my brokenness, even in my pain, even in the things that I'm offensive to God, all of these things that I'm not just gonna survive and I'm not just gonna endure another couple months with all of the crazies, but I am gonna actually embrace and see what God you have for my heart, see what God you have for my life Instead of enduring it, let's choose to embrace it. Let's choose to see what God wants to do through us and in us. And I'm gonna be closing here, but I wanted to finish out with what Pastor Craig says in his book. And as I read this over you today, would you just really reflect on the words? They're gonna be up on the screen. But just allow it to minister to you, wherever you are. We're all going through something different. Let us minister to you. It says wherever you are weak, his strength is there. Wherever you are hurting, his comfort is available. When you are tempted, he will give you a way out. Let your fears drive you to God. The fear of God is the only cure for the fear of people. If you battle with lust, let the let God's word renew your mind. If you are tripping over with pride, humble yourself and he will lift you up. If you are hiding a secret sin, find forgiveness by confessing it to God and healing by confessing it to trustworthy people. Ask God to show you the truth because the truth will set you free.